What was that very strange noise I just heard? Well, that's in the show now. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 246. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening, morning, afternoon drive to work by the one and only Brogan King. Hello, hello. Hello, and we have a fun-filled, action-packed, exciting episode for you today, tonight, morning drive to work. Everyone's listening to podcasts at all hours of the day right now, right, so it right. could be any any time. Yeah, if you're listening to us for the first time because you've got literally nothing else to do. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Before we get started on this week's topic, we have two announcements that we need to make before we start. Do you want to handle the first one, Brogan? Yeah, um, so uh, as of recently, uh, I am a Wizards of the Coast contractor, uh, thus uh, any of my opinions are my own and not the opinions of Watsy Hasbro, just so you know. All right, so before this episode, were your opinions your own? Uh, no, they were the Borg. I just didn't have to disclose that. Hey, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Although they are kind of upfront about wanting to assimilate people. Exactly. Speaking of assimilation, so that that actually segues into the next topic, the next announcement. As you, dear listener, might be aware for several episodes now, probably about like 20 or 30 or so, it has been Brogan and myself continuing carrying the torch of JudgeCast. Well, with this episode, we are adding an additional host. Say hello to Jacob Malicic. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. I'm uh, very excited for this very apropos topic to me coming on to JudgeCast. <laughs> yeah. So Jacob joined us, has joined us twice before in episode 166, where uh, we were interviewed as uh, as Judge of the Week. The yeah, it was collective a, Judge of the Week. Yes. It, it, was, it was a special feature that uh, I put together when I was not the lead of the Judge of the Week project, but just somebody with an overabundance of ambition and i guess time neither well one of which i am no longer blessed with i'll let you guess which one um but uh yeah it was it was a that was a very fun episode and definitely wasn't me just trying to weasel my way onto uh judge of the week any possible way i could or not judge of the week judge cast wow yep well it it did actually work because because two episodes later we had you on episode 168 to discuss head judging a classic Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a Star City Games classic, which are uh, largest largest events that they have in conjunction with their open. So, Jacob, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your judging history, where you're at, so, what uh, your quarantine well, restrictions are right now? Yeah, I'm uh, Jacob Leachich. I live in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, so I'm on Central Time, uh, which is fun for coordinating things with people who aren't because we're I'm in the middle of nowhere as far as the rest of the country on the coast is concerned. Um, but it's enjoyable. Uh, I have been a judge since oof, 20... I no longer remember when I started. Is that bad? That's probably bad. No, that's... A, that, that... I, I, think, I think it was summer of 2014. I don't um, think that's bad. Certed L2 2015. Well, thank you, Brogan. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, but my uh, as I grow in the years, my memory is not what it used to be. Um, so I'm, I'm more prone to forgetting details like my age and, uh, what I'm doing tomorrow. You so, fit right in with Brian. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm up there too. Just, uh, 
just a bunch of senile guys. Uh, oof, no. Uh, so that's uh, our spinoff podcast for the third <laughs> tier of Patreon uh, listeners. So anyway, uh, so I've been doing this, I guess, for uh, six years now going on. And just this last year, started L3. It was a very big accomplishment for me. Uh, a lot of work went into it. And, and then shortly thereafter, Judge Academy came and the entire world changed. So that was interesting. So we want to welcome Jacob on. So please, on Twitter, on on the Facebook, on the... Do, do we still do stuff with, with Tumblr? Yeah, on the Tumblrs. On <laughs> the Tumblrs. <laughs> on the Tumblrs. <laughs> Does Tumblr still exist? Do you have Do you have the gram? Do you have a gram? No, but I don't have a gram. I feel like we should have a TikTok. Ooh. I am nowhere near young enough to yes. engage with TikTok. Brian's I, daughter can run our TikTok. Ooh! It, it will all be like belly dancing teens or something like that. If my daughter That's runs TikTok. it, TikTok. Yeah, it does seem to be. <laughs> Like, TikTok, nothing but belly dancing teens. Yep. It's, yeah, it, it it does make me feel a little weird. Like, like I shouldn't even know that it exists. But uh, <laughs> another segue into 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 what the actual topic for this evening is. Uh, we're going to be talking about mistakes, uh, specifically making them, how to deal with them. If you how to handle the players, if you are a floor judge, what to do with mistakes, if you're the head judge, what to do with mistakes, and then a little bit of just general how to deal with it after the event. That's that is a great episode to have Jacob start on, isn't it? Fantastic hey. episode for me to start on because there's one thing we can say about me coming on as a regular host of Judge Cast. It's that it is the correct decision, and no one's making any of these mistake things. Oh, no mistakes here, no questions. All right, so boldly go. Have Have you guys ever made a mistake in judging? A well, multitude. just limited to just judging. Oh, ju okay, just judging. Still a multitude. I am a robo judge, and have literally made. No, of course, I've made a million mistakes. Uh, it's I. They're the things I remember the most about. The events that I judge are the mistakes that I make. And and I've made several mistakes, too. I very distinctly remember the first several mistakes that I made. Even 10 years later, they are very vivid in my in my memory. And so one of the things that we want to want to stress here is there is between the, the three of us, I want to say like 22, 24 years of experience <sighs> judging. Oh boy. And we've made a lot of mistakes. Back in my so, day. Back, back in my day, back before. We used to make a mistake an hour. Yeah. I, yeah, well, we'd, we'd, I was trying go to, on. to like channel Grandpa Simpson for a second. It's like, and we'd have to wear an onion tied to our belt until we corrected it. <laughs> you had to wear the shame flare. Right. The shame flare. <laughs> The point the point is that making mistakes is normal. It's part of learning. It really is. So I don't want to say that we want to normalize making mistakes because that's not the goal. Uh, but at the same time, we want to normalize the fact that, yes, making mistakes happen. And there shouldn't be a huge stigma about the occasional mistake. 
Right. It is an inevitability. Right. It's going and to happen. If you're not making the occasional mistake, you're really not stretching yourself. You're not trying hard enough. You're not growing. You, you know, you're kind of in your comfort zone. You're, you're kind of coasting by. Yeah. Or, or maybe you, you actually are making mistakes and you've just kind of justified them away. Like, ah, oh, that's... This is, is that... one of the most frustrating things to me is... The, the And this is something we all do, and it's something, to, to some degree, whether or not we, again, care to admit that, it's so easy to to look at your experience and look at your perspective and say, no, 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 I was justified, that wasn't a mistake, here's all the reasons I'm going to give you and give myself for why I, why that happened. And now you may not convince your friend that... You were totally justified, but you sure did convince yourself. Yeah, the there's this this rationalization process that happens that or that can happen. It's very easy to fall into where it's sort of instantiated by the fact that making a mistake feels bad. And so one of the best ways to correct for that is to convince yourself that it wasn't one after all. Uh, and a pattern you'll often see when somebody's doing this is they'll talk with other people and sort of like communicate their rationale uh in in way it, it's fascinating to watch slash be a part of um i don't know if if you to have this experience where someone's talking to you about something they just did and they're explaining it in ways of well this that and the, like basically giving their rationale for like this wasn't really a mistake or this wasn't really on me right uh, i i've yeah. also seen the case where someone will be explaining a situation and then i'll point out like an error or a mistake, and then their ex explanation will change to incorporate, you know, it'll it'll remove the error uh, or or that particular that particular flavor, like almost like the their memory of the event is changing real time. Yeah, like they're gaslighting Ooh, themselves. Yeah. That's yeah. real bad. Don't do that, folks. <laughs> and and like, the the human memory is so pliable like that sounds creepy but it, it, it it's true the human like you remember what you your your vision of what happened regardless of whether or not it matches the reality of the people around you you're gonna no 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 this is fine i don't remember that at all yeah yeah Every, everyone has an ego and we are motivated to protect that ego or the ego is motivated to protect us i uh, not a psychologist i don't know which way it goes but yeah, so just retelling it, you're gonna you're gonna start to shore up holes, and you're gonna become more certain of things, and and little little mistakes and errors are gonna maybe fall out of out of your memory, and then you end up, you know, when someone says how'd you do, you give yourself a ten of ten, when you made a bunch of boo boos, and there's a natural tendency where we want to hide mistakes, you know, that's that's kind of internal because no one likes to admit that they made a mistake, right. And there's this, it's, it's very natural, especially because we exist in a, in a hobby slash profession, depending on uh, your engagement, uh, that, you know, your, your income, your opportunities are directly informed. Like, it's like every time you're, you're going to an event, it can feel like you're interviewing again for the next one. Like every event is a, mm -hmm. is an interview for the next one. And so when you've got something, you're like, well, this doesn't make me look good at all the first impulse is going to be, well, I got to protect myself, which is actually the exact opposite of what you need to be doing in that case. The best right. thing you can do to protect yourself is to let someone know and have, let them help you fix it if it needs to get fixed. 
Yes, absolutely. Right. Especially if, you know, it's one of these things that could blow up later. Yeah. Or otherwise snowball in some way. Right. Yes, you are going to be judged on if you if you make a mistake, but you're also going to be judged on how you handle that mistake, how you correct that mistake. And a lot of times handling a mistake well actually offsets the, you know, the negative of making a mistake, like the positive of correcting it and and showing the customer service and being forthcoming and all that leaves with a positive impression more so than the actual error itself right the the sum of all of the parts there equals something net positive rather than net negative whereas if if the mistake is it just impacts the event and and you know it's it you are found out right that's even worse um also it's just the right thing to do to to take that situation and say, okay, mistakes need to be corrected. Who do I need to engage with and how do we make that happen? Like that's the right thing to do. That's the thing that's gonna make that's going to actually help you get those opportunities in the future by demonstrating you're the kind of person who can do that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of trust that's built if if you show somebody, a colleague or just somebody you're working with that, hey, I messed up, here's the problem. And it, it, that that's going to leave a much more impactful moment than somebody who just either n- never makes a mistake because they're not doing anything. Because I've I've definitely seen judges who do this, be, where they kind of avoid judge calls or avoid any sort of anything that can really create conflict in any way. I'm going to be much more impressed with somebody who deals with a problem than somebody who coasts by absolutely so we've talked about mistakes in the abstract but let's let's talk about some examples of what mistakes as a judge looks like so what are what are maybe some categories or some examples of mistakes that a judge can make whether or not it ends up on a reddit thread (laughs) (laughs) right oh boy that's another worry about (laughs) making a mistake isn't it Um, although it is that's that's the that's part and parcel with wanting to lie to yourself about it or or hide it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the the obvious one people think of are uh, mistakes in your rulings, whether they be uh, rules, applications of the tournament rules, applications of the IPG if it's a competitive event where you handle a call, handle a situation, deliver a ruling, and it's not correct. And an example uh, of that could be something as simple as. You pick up a card and you read it and you miss the word basic in front of the word land as far as, you know, destroy, you know, or search your library for a basic land and you just see land. And so they ask a question, you answer it, or maybe something that came up, you know, it was like two years ago now. A lot of cards talk about uh, being able to deal damage to a player and Mm -hmm. the cards have been eroded to player and planeswalker. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a common mistake is just looking at the card text instead of the the oracle text. Or if you took time off and you're judging modern and you were not around for the change of the interaction for the shocklands and blood moon, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Yep, things change uh, and that can lead to mistakes. Yep, you get a, a layers question. You know whether or not uh, how protection works with with respect to trample. You know, these are all things that can happen, and and sometimes they can get complicated, and you might not even realize that you made a mistake. Yeah, I totally know this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, these types of mistakes, uh, unless you have something to trigger your memory, 
you're probably not going to even know. So this might this might come up as you're talking to another judge about a cool rules interaction that you had. I have definitely seen this happen. Mm-hmm. Wait a sec. This this scenario is actually was the the inspiration for for this topic was I was at an event and an L one was explaining to another L one this cool question that they just had dealing with the steps to casting a spell and i was like wait a second what now and they explain it and and i was like is this did this just happen or is this a theoretical rules question they're like oh no just call over there and i was like oh uh oh <laughs> we, need, we need we need we need to go in recovery mode uh, how long ago was this and then we 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 did that but yeah that's typically the way you find out it, or maybe you've got a little little voice in the back of your head where you're just like you weren't a hundred percent sure, like you gave a ruling and you weren't sure of the answer, and then you, you st- step away to check it after you've already given your ruling. Yeah, right. don't, rather don't than do checking that. beforehand, which is what you should do. Uh, that's a mistake. I've definitely done this. Shooting from the hip, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, well, I'm pretty sure this is right. Uh, and then go and talk with someone, find out you're wrong, and ooh, embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is I'm gonna I'm gonna do little old man old man preliminary rant for a second. Um, Everybody, pull up your rocking chairs. Yep, yeah, yeah, pull up, pull up your rocking chairs and get the onion on your belt. Um, <laughs> I really, I really think that you know when you're when you're out there on the floor. Uh, Having the the memory and knowing how the rules interact so that you can confidently and correctly give a ruling is is should be the 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 goal is to not have to look it up. But if you are uncertain, then it is acceptable pull out pull out your phone, check the ruling, tell the players, you know, hey, I want to make sure that I give you the correct ruling. Give me just a second to look something up, and they're gonna they're gonna respect that. I still I still my personal opinion is that you should still strive to not have to look up the rules. Um, however, uh, cell phones and smartphones are much more ubiquitous than back in my day, where you had binders with Oracle text printed out and up on the stage, where if someone asked for Oracle text, you might have to go up to the stage and get a binder. Um, but, How long ago would you say that was a thing? Uh, it was a thing 10 years ago. Who was... buddy? Was the binder uh, uh, written on stone tablets with a chisel? Uh, yeah, and actually what happened was is when people would ask where the binder is, you'd be like, all right, you got to climb Mount Sinai, take a left at the burning bush. Yep. And and then there you'll probably find Scott Marshall. Uh, he's got the binder. <laughs> he has them. He's got, he's got it. <laughs> he's, he's, he'll cook you up. He'll He's still up. there creating those documents to this day. So right. speaking as right. speaking as somebody who uh, started engaging with judging um, when more of these tools were available, um, I'm going to echo part of Brian's sentiment. I don't uh, 100% agree about, like, I, I think memorizing every facet of the rules is not realistic, um, but broadening your knowledge base constantly broadening your knowledge base is important to making sure that you can deliver your rulings more expediently um, and have to look up fewer of those and also building your confidence for what you actually do know and don't know. Um, I think players would all prefer accuracy over speed, given that speed is not uh, sacrificed to the point of absurdity. 
So in looking up a rule as you know where to look is also a very valuable skill to get oh, yeah. fast at. Yeah, I, I generally am of the opinion that the the documents are certainly a reference tool. Um, you can I'm not pulling the dictionary out every five minutes. I have a basic enough understanding to to work with in this analogy the language um, that you don't need it. But sometimes if you need it, you need it. Yeah, and and we we've talked about rules, but there's also policy oopsies as well. Right. Maybe you don't apply a partial fix. Or you don't you don't think a partial fix applies, or for game rule violation, or you apply it incorrectly, or you give someone a game loss for tardiness because you didn't realize that the policy has changed to give them one minute, you know, up to a minute the, the first time it happens. Right, or and, and knew about that but didn't ask them, you know, assumed they'd already had like a variety of things, or giving them a right. warning when they should get a game loss. Right, right. If they've already gotten a warning in the event, yeah, yep. Uh, so those those are probably when people think of judge mistakes, those are the first and foremost ones that come to people's minds. However, there's other types of judge mistakes as well. In, in a related way, there is a, in a policy tangential situation, uh, if I get DQ'd when I shouldn't get DQ'd, and I go on on Reddit and I tell everyone this judge DQ'd me and I can prove it. that it, Yeah. That... <laughs> I think the most common of those is around the bribery or the the old bribery rules yeah or the absolutely the, uh, especially in the finals because the finals have an exception yep mm-hmm. to the case and if you're not aware of that exception well yeah uh, you could you run into someone that doesn't quite understand some of the the nuances about the final announced round of the single elimination portion of a tournament right where there's only two people in the event, and so event integrity doesn't mean what it used to mean prior to that point. So, so the rules change a little bit. Yep. Uh, so that's that is an example of a improper DQ. Now that one tends to have a little bit more of an impact than, um, than maybe <laughs> yeah. than maybe the steps to casting a spell or telling someone that they get to untap their their. Uh, their... But in the same way, you're probably not going to know it's an issue until after. Right. Until it shows up on Reddit where mm-hmm. you're talking about it with somebody in Slack and they're like, wait a second. Hold on. Yep. Um, you did what? This just happened? Oh. Yep. Oh, dear. Another example, losing your temper. You know, that's that's a different type of mistake. Like normally you can point to with the judge rulings and the DQ, I can point to a specific policy doc and say it says you should have done X should have happened, but instead Y happened. And we don't really necessarily have that with losing your temper and i would actually uh change the verbiage on this one slightly to losing patience in some way uh because not everybody reacts to situations uh in the same way um and it's still like basically losing your cool uh in a player interaction is invariably not going to lead to the best experience for uh the player or the people around right for for example i cry my my response to any sort of um, intense emotional situation is crying. So if I end up crying at a table, even if I'm not crying because I'm for whatever for whatever reason, it's still gonna look really weird. And it's not inherently a mistake that I'm crying, but something put me in this position, and I'm it probably 
needs to be corrected. Right. Or um, getting to a point where you don't want to engage with a player anymore because they're frustrating and upsetting you. And so you you cut it off there uh, because you don't want to deal with the stress. Like in those situations, like obviously you were engaged with that player over whatever you were talking about for a reason. Um, and yeah, I, I, I want to be clear, like, we're not saying you're not allowed to have emotions or that having emotions is a mistake. That's, first of all, that's incorrect. Oh, uh, no, absolutely second not. of all, that's... It's just, that's it's, how, it's how it impacts the people around you. Right. And not, not doing anything to manage it um, in some way. Even if it's just, like, you know that you're, you're having this reaction, getting another judge involved to take over so that that piece still gets dealt with. Like, something like that. Um, but like actually making the, the interaction stop happening, uh, that's, I think where we're saying like, that's definitely a mistake or in the losing your temper case specifically, uh, going off on a player is definitely not okay. You know, those kinds of diplomacy failures are absolutely mistakes. Yep. And, and you can't exactly say like, oh, well, they egged me on. It's like, well, because you're the you're the judge in that particular case. You're, you're the, the person who needs to be in control in that scenario. Right. You're right. the adult. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not, all not, supposed to be adults here, but... Right, right. Not not saying that magic players are children. That's, that's also a very bad thing to say. Uh, that would be a mistake to say. But you're uh, held to a certain standard. Correct. Now, you had mentioned possibly having like a difficult player and maybe avoiding them a little bit or, and you know, maybe they call for a judge a lot and you're mm-hmm. starting to get kind of frustrated. There also is an issue with not being impartial. Like maybe you have a player that you don't like a whole lot. So you have a tendency to dismiss what they say or dismiss their concerns. Like, Oh, this person again. Yeah bias is a huge and it's very difficult to become aware of your own bias right so if somebody's been upsetting you that loss of impartiality can be so quick and so easy and you might not even notice it happened yeah having having a bias and not being completely impartial when you walk into a situation is absolutely a mistake and it's one that's very difficult to identify but once identified you need to treat it as such sort of Going back a little bit, uh, something I wanted to make sure we mentioned as uh, sort of a tangentially related to losing your cool mistake, uh, telling an inappropriate joke on the floor of an event, um, something I have witnessed judges doing, particularly when you're in... It it doesn't really matter, I think, uh, who's around you. uh, If the joke's inappropriate in that setting, uh, it reflects poorly on yourself and the people that you work with and... Sometimes people get, you know, they get really friendly and and they revert to the mannerisms they like to have among their friends. And some of that isn't, doesn't actually have a place on the floor of, say, a Channel Fireball event. Right. (laughs) You you make an inappropriate joke? Yes, Something along those lines? No, I'm just saying, like, an example. Like, you, you, you tell an inappropriate joke that you might tell in, at your kitchen table, but it's got no place on a magic floor. Correct. Like, if you would seriously consider an unsporting conduct penalty for a player saying it, you absolutely shouldn't have said it, right? Right. Yep. It. Yeah, it's... And much like with the, the bias thing, there's going to be some number of people who who go, no, 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 that's that's appropriate. I would... That, sort of the double down, like, no, 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 I... Mm-hmm. I 
I would tell that joke to anyone. It's not because you use re- reasonable judgment as to what can be expected in a in a reasonably professional environment. Yeah, that's it, a nine times point. out of ten, people say no, no, no. I, I would tell that joke anywhere. You don't mean that. Look inside yourself. You know it to be true. <laughs> right. That, that's a great point. It ties into something we talked about earlier, where you start to rationalize, like. You you sort of have I you've seen you see the headlights you know that this is a mistake and that you're going to have to deal with it and you run away however you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about logistical mistakes. These these are also a different category in in the sense that they're typically involved with mistakes in how the event is being run, like oh you're told to go set table numbers out and all the tables end in, you know, they have uh, uh, six tables or 12 12 tables per row. And then for some reason, you're off, like you you sit down at the end of the row and it's it's 50, you know, table number 50 is at the end of the row. And you're like, wait a second, this should be 48. Or you don't catch it. Or, you know, you didn't consider the fact that one of the rows has, you know, eight eight chairs as opposed to 12 chairs and mm-hmm. you just number number the room or you get the snake wrong or or you forget basic lands for your limited event Ugh. you know two minutes before the player meeting you find out that you're supposed to pass play mats out <laughs> oh. oh dear and and some of these are you're you're gonna kind of be picking up the pieces of maybe someone else's mistake um but these these are the sort of mistakes that really just trickle down and become hugely invasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big mistake that a lot, myself and often included, uh, of judges will end up making is making assumptions that are, in fact, unfounded. From personal experience in my earlier days as a judge when I was uh, trying my hand at doing some team leading, I can relate a situation where I was all like, oh... I can put this L1 on this two at a giant side event because like two at a giants on the L1 exam, I knew two at a giant, like the back of my hand, it was my favorite format. Like they should know this completely. No, uh, no reason, no rational reason. I should have been making that assumption in the first place. And that was a mistake. Yeah. These can also take other forms. Like let's say you are the head judge of a WPNQ and you've got two other judges. Okay. You show up a half an hour before the event, you just go over some things real quick, and you think because these two judges, you've seen them around, they've done F&M a lot, you don't bother to go over to come get you when there's an appeal or a rewind or something like that, because you just assume, they've done these before, they know. Oh yeah, they know. They know. Oh, or yeah, they know. Or you have a team of like three people, and because two of them you've worked with before, you just kind of assume that you don't need to go over it. The third the third person just knows. They'll pick it up. They know they know. They know they're on the slips team. They're supposed to be at the at the printer at the beginning of each round. They know. What else are you gonna do? So you you don't explain to them uh what they're supposed to do. And that and that's yeah, that's an absolute mistake. Yeah, that's so. in particular one that uh many people who I, I i won't say many people but like for me personally uh when you're in positions of leadership often for the first time those are the ones that are really easy to make uh once you get comfortable because now you're like okay well you know how many times has this person been on this team they got to know x y and z and then you don't communicate it you don't communicate the expectation 
And that's the one time that person doesn't actually know that that's part of their responsibilities, right? They don't know that, oh, hey, you've got to make sure your people are sweeping for slips toward the end of the round when you're on EOR or what have you. Yeah, this is definitely one of those things that happens sort of more commonly when when you, you've passed that stage of your, your, your exactly what you said, you're, you're comfortable, you have gotten used to the flow of things, you sort of feel like you have an understanding of everything, and then, oh, no, I don't. I forgot about this, 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 and this. Or I assumed that this remained true from this tournament organizer to another. Yep. Uh, And something that I definitely did when I was a much younger judge, as an unfounded assumption that I think is pretty common there, is assuming that L3s are right about everything. Wait, well, sh- don't, don't, don't fix that. We're, we're uh, absolutely well, right about everything. Hate to break it to you, uh, L3s are still human and still make mistakes. Uh, and sometimes those mistakes can be on something even very basic because they're having me an off day, remembering something from that was the policy like three <laughs> iterations ago. Out of and practice. And it's changed out of practice. Yeah, you don't, like, how long has been since our last event? But, you know, there's, there is this... Uh, myth i think uh that well once you've reached here you know you're, you've got this broad knowledge it's set in stone and it's in uh inviolate and that's just not realistic or true um and that can lead you to not questioning things as a judge that you should be questioning yeah that that all that that particular situation always strikes a delicate balance because there is the the L3s have been doing this for a long time, or or any anybody in the in a particular position, they've been doing it for a long time. They've got experience; they know what they're talking about. But also, at the same time, that doesn't mean they're right about everything. They could be like like Jacob said, remembering four iterations ago. Right. So, I think in that particular case, you know, you kind of have to look at everything on a as a as an individual uh, event with giving a little bit of credence with giving a little bit of nod to the experience but the but the statement still has to stand or the the ruling or the the fact still has to stand on its own right and i mean like you don't have to question someone directly if you think they might be wrong you can look it up first and then come and then either learn something or come armed with like knowing that oh no 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 i was right this is this is incorrect right um and that way you uh, avoid taking those situations and, and turning them into only education opportunities for yourself. Not that those are bad. I like education opportunities for people. I feel like this is a different episode, but I the way you present, hey, you made a mistake, is also its own journey. Oh, for sure. We're talking about our own mistakes here, but trying to help somebody else who has made a mistake and one, help them learn from it, and two, help them fix it, can be incredibly challenging. We we actually covered this somewhat in an episode a long time ago. It was on reviewing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, specifically, it that was, was it was an episode on how to if you were an L if you were like an L one or an L two and you wanted to re- review a L two or L three that you felt maybe they could have done something a little bit better. Uh, how to how to come about it and how to approach it. And then we also did a part of that same episode where, hey, you're an L2 or an L3 and you get a review from an L1 or an L2. And 
it's not that glowing, hey, you did nothing wrong, A++, great to work with you type review. They actually call things out that you did wrong. How to handle that? Because the first response to that is, what do they know? Or, you know, you get defensive when someone tells you that you did something wrong. That was episode 205. So like (laughs) almost two years ago, yeah. Uh, July 2018. July of 2018. Yeah, it is the episode with all the cruiserweights on it. (laughs) Uh, Shameless plug, I wrote a uh, piece about that particular thing called Coaching a Mentor on the Feedback Loop, if people are interested in in thoughts on that. But that's not what we're talking about tonight, slash this morning, slash on your drive to work, slash whatever in the heck B. Prill says at the beginning of the episode. Shower, you know. People listen to us in the shower, obviously. Uh, Please do not have your electronic device in the shower with you. Uh, well, I mean, they've, they're listening to us in the shower. They've already shown that they make bad choices. So I do listen to podcasts in the shower. They're, except I have to play them so loud, and I constantly am worrying that it's a nuisance. I had a hotel room that had a speaker in the mirror that you could Bluetooth to. So oh, you my could hear goodness. In, in the bathroom mirror, it was hot. It was in That's Seattle. Incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. Have you seen on Amazon, they actually have the showers with the Bluetooth speaker in the shower head? <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. It's wild. I have not seen this, and now I need it immediately. I'm really curious, so please give us a review, Brogan. So <laughs> an, of- uh, an official Watsy endorsed review. So we've talked about various, Perfect. many various types of mistakes uh, that uh, you could make as a judge on what, what, what they could look like. So that's one half of the equation. So you let, let's say hypothetically you've made one of them. Well, what should you do about it? We've already touched on this a little bit. Before we start getting into our philosophy of what you should do in the steps, we should probably look, because the IPG actually has a little bit of a policy on making mistakes. It does address this, acknowledging that we are going to make them. I This is something I used to tell, uh, I still do actually, every time I uh, start training up a judge, I say it is literally the written policy of the judge program that judges are humans and make mistakes. I'll show you the document where it says that. <laughs> and That's I delightful. Just, I love it because it's a way to emphasize that this is expected and we have a policy for how to handle it. Yeah. When you think about it, when you think about it, if you say that you have a 2% failure rate or you make, you know, on the decisions that you make while judging, you make a mistake 2% of the time. That's you know, one to three mistakes an event, depending, maybe maybe more, you know, just because you're making a lot of decisions. Even if they're not necessarily judge calls, there's still decisions on when to pass out slips, uh, when to take pairings down, how to, how to number the tables, you know, various interactions with players. It's, you, yeah, it's just even with a low percent, low failure rate, you're still going to make oopsies. So... Whether or not you are conscious of the fact that you're making decisions, you are constantly making small corrections, decisions, and judgment calls as you move about the floor and whatever it is you're doing. So the the stated policy, I'll just read this verbatim. Uh, Judges are human and make mistakes. When a judge makes a mistake, they should acknowledge the mistake, apologize to the players, and fix it if it's not too late. If a member of the tournament staff Oh, so th- those two sentences kind of tells us what you, what you should do immediately. You've got to acknowledge the mistake, apologize to the players, fix it if it's not too late. Then, 
If a member of the tournament staff gives a player erroneous information that causes them to commit a violation, the head judge is authorized to downgrade the penalty. For example, if a player asks the judge whether a card is legal in the format and is told yes, uh, when that player's deck is found to be illegal because of these cards, the head judge applies the normal procedures for fixing the deck list, but may downgrade the penalty to a warning because of the because of the direct error of the judge. Mm-hmm. Now, one note is that's that's a judge at the event, not the judge last week uh, right. at some other at some other event or, or <laughs> internet judge uh, actually had that uh, a few years ago. Judge last week said this card was fine. Mm. Uh, was there a that recent is... ban to restricted announcement? Because it uh, might have been. No, no. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, it was, uh, if a player clearly acts on erroneous information provided by a judge during the game, the head judge may consider a backup to the point of the action taken, even if that action did not lead to a violation. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I want to cast a counter spell. I ask the judge if I have, you know, if I can respond. The judge looks and goes, mm, no. So I don't cast the counter spell. Okay, when I very clearly, when the rules of timing and stuff like that, I very clearly could. When we discover that, well, the head judge can consider a backup. They 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 might not be able to too much as I mean, we still use the backup rules. But even though there's no rules violation, the head judge can come in there and say, "All right, we're going to back up to the to the point you can cast a counter spell." Go. You've been acting on a a not real reality. Please resume your game from reality right. right and that's and so so that's just the meaning behind the words of uh of what the policy said uh but let's so let's let's talk about the more human aspects of it so you made an oopsie what's what's probably the first thing you need to do after you realize i mean obviously realize <laughs> realize that you made a mistake because or or have it identified or tell somebody like acknowledge that you made the mistake mm-hmm. yeah i guess recognition recognition's got to be the first thing but then after that, try to fix it. Yeah, I think I think you got to take responsibility for it. Yep, sure. Uh, uh, immediately, you got to own it. You got to put a down payment on it, get a mortgage, whatever it takes. That's got to be yours, your property, your mistake. You don't you don't want to lease it, lease the no, mistake. Do not want to lease a mistake. <laughs> the payments are outrageous. You've got a <laughs> you've got a mistake now that you have to own it. You have to respond to it. You can't just pretend it didn't exist sweep it under the rug you now have created a situation that that has to be fixed and it, that's so important because owning it is the only way that you're going to be bringing it forward and bring it forward in a way where you communicate the correct information so that everybody else who needs to be involved can fix it so like if you're not if you're not telling the head judge you're saying hey a wrong ruling was given or I think a wrong ruling was given rather than I gave this wrong ruling here, that can change how the head judge approaches that situation. Um, And we want to make sure we're providing the best customer service to the players. And that includes you personally going like, hey, guys, I got this wrong. Here's the head judge. We're going to fix this. You're actively making the situation harder to solve if you don't give the full information. Absolutely. Right. Uh, And that includes saying, my bad. Yeah. Now, there's, there's a difference between you give a ruling and then you take like four steps away from the table and then you go, wait, no policy changed or something like that. Uh, I did that incorrectly. So I turn around and fix fix the particular issue. Like the example that I gave earlier with uh, uh, the card text 
the Oracle text changing from, you know, three damage target player to three damage target player or planeswalker. So you give the ruling and say, no, it can't. And then you take like four steps away and then you go, wait, I might be wrong. And then you go back to the players and say, hold up, guys. Uh, you pull out your phone, you check real quick and you say, I was, I'm sorry, I was incorrect. Has anything happened since then? They say no, or maybe this one thing. And then you, you, you correct it and then they continue on. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. Wonderful. Now let's say that same interaction happens and you wander off and then you're talking to somebody about how, you know, that card was so much better before the rules change. And then it was like, well, you know, they eroded that card. <laughs> Wait, what? what? Wait, what? what? And so now, now you you go back, you you run over there, and it's been like four minutes, and you just you know you go over there, or okay. So at that particular point, you have a decision point of either you can go over and talk to the talk to the players and find out what's happened, or you can go get the head judge. I would actually suggest going and asking the player, you know, going and talk to the players to find out what all's happened since then. Because if you run off and go get the head judge, those players are just continue on playing their game and they're just going to get further and further away. Well, more time will pass, more bad things will occur. Right, right. And it becomes We're going deeper to... into the bad timeline. It's harder <laughs> to back it up uh, to that point where that decision got made uh, effectively, which means the, the window for correcting the error closes. Now, now I'm going to throw one other timeline out there where it's the following round. Like... It's round four now, mm -hmm. and you're talking to somebody, and you get the same interaction. Oh, wait, that, that, that rule changed. You still have an obligation to that player because you gave them a ruling, and they are continuing to play based on that understanding that you gave them. So it's still important to go and correct that ruling to both that player and to the opponent from from that from that round you know the previous round because they both need to understand what the correct ruling was you you can't let them continue to live in the worst timeline right where they have like goatees and uh yeah and, exactly and Evil everyone Cisco. has wait and we're all wait no uh so additionally you don't want them like say it was a it was a rules thing and they've continued thinking like uh, all is dust cast off of cavern soul cavern of souls can't be countered they continue in multiple rounds with that thinking that that is correct that mistake can compound if they're all like well a judge gave me this ruling this must be right uh and so like that that can actually continue to impact their event the longer you take to find them apologize and give them the correct information right and in that particular example it gets it creates that super awkward situation where they cast it the opponent tries to counter it and they're like, no, you can't counter it because the judge said, and then another judge comes over and gives them the <laughs> uh -huh. correct ruling. Ooh. And then the, uh, the, the player with, uh, uh, what'd you say? All is dust. All is dust. Or, yeah. All is dust. Yeah. And they're like, well, I've been basing, I've been playing the last five turns based on this strategy. Uh, this costs me the game mm -hmm. in a situation like that. And when a mistake like that is realized, uh, I'd probably go get the head judge. Absolutely. In in that particular case where you're the, the, the second judge that comes up and you run into that situation, you realize that there was another judge that made a mistake earlier, you go get the head judge. If you were the judge that made the mistake and you go back to the table and you try and, you know, you try and do a quick fix and too much has happened, go get the head judge. Or if the event's large enough, notify the team lead 
but you're probably going to be pulling a red shirt in. Um, right. I mean, it, it says that in the policy, right? It's the, the, the backup that you'd be trying to perform. It says the head judge may consider. So the USA floor judge are not technically empowered to do that beyond a certain point. Now, one of, one of the neat things, just a real quick, if you make a mistake with respect to policy, there's a few policy uh, penalties that come with a game loss. And in the IPG, it actually suggests that the head judge be the one that gives anything a game loss or higher. Now, it makes it carves out some exceptions, but with the, with the exception of <laughs> those exceptions, everything game loss or higher needs to go through the head judge. And one of the reasons for that is the, the mistake of improperly giving a game loss is significantly harder to fix than any other mistake. Like, mm-hmm. if you make a rules oopsie, well, they're still playing a game. If you give a game loss incorrectly, and they've scooped up their cards, you can't fix that. So that's why they carve out that particular that particular thing for just the head judge to give, because you, you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. It's definitely happened on the floor of an event I was at shortly after drawing extra cards became a warning before drawing extra cards became in a completely separate infraction with a flow chart. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so, See, there's there's some beef here. Look, I, I, I'm, it's, a, it's a topic for a different episode. I don't actually have a problem with hidden card error. Um, I'm just like being realistic about the complexity of that particular infraction. Um, but yeah, like this is another case where somebody made an assumption that, well, this is how it's worked for N years. Uh, so they drew an extra card that's a game loss. Boom, done. Didn't need, I don't need to get the head judge. I've been doing this for, you know, seven years or whatever it was. Well, that's a mistake that's hard to correct. And that's why that policy yeah. is there. Yeah. And that's another one that just spiraled down through a series of making an assumption. And yep. You're, yep. It all it all occurs in that one in one decision. We got mistakes on mistakes. We're making a mistake sandwich. Right. And and sometimes these mistakes can be pretty bad and have a pretty negative effect on the player. Now there there's some players that are I don't want to say they're going to, they're always going to be the, oh, argumentative and I like, I want a refund kind of thing. They're going to be upset when you make a mistake. Um, and if it's sufficiently bad, you know, maybe, maybe go and talk to the TO or offer that they can talk to the TO after the event. I mean, there is a customer service aspect of this where a mistake was made by the, the tournament staff. The tournament staff needs to try and make it right as much as they possibly can. However, we're kind of bound by policy, so we can't necessarily be making up fixes, you know, just kind of doing, looking, looking at the board state and going like, oh, well, you know, if we just, uh, this put seems those appropriate lands, here. yeah, put those lands back in the hand, then, you know, uh, we can just continue on from there and everything's fine, right? Everyone's, everyone's cool. Um, you know, and that, and that fix is not what the actual problem was. You're just kind of, you know, shooting from the hip. That's not an option that we have. Uh, we can't necessarily just, uh, you know, wave our, wave our hands and and fix a particular situation because the two players are playing a game and you know, there's going to be one person, one person who wins that game and one person who doesn't. So sometimes talking to the TO and taking the players to the TO after the match is over is completely the correct thing to do. That can open up some additional doors and also makes the TO aware of the fact that there is a... A situation and yep. can better accommodate that player yes yep. 
and they they are empowered to do things uh that we cannot uh and sometimes it sometimes it it is the case that you will be part of a situation where you think things have escalated for a player to the point where you want to get the TO involved, but the, you're not the lead person on it, if for lack of a better way of putting it, like it wasn't your mistake. Like, sometimes it's even if you aren't the, the primary, I guess, on the oops, uh, getting the TO involved is still good in those situations. So I, I guess what I'm saying here is like, we are we are a team when we're at events working with each other and one of the things we can do as a team is if somebody you're working with just doesn't seem willing to to go into that uh or is is not pursuing that line um being the one to sort of lead the charge and being the one to break the bad news can be very helpful for a lot of people uh and for people's mental health yeah now let me let me ask you guys your opinion on on this so floor judge makes a mistake okay and it costs uh it creates a it creates a problem it puts it puts the a player in a disadvantage uh disadvantageous situation okay you the floor judge you've owned the mistake is it do you think and this is opinion it is better for the floor judge to make the apology or for the head judge to make the apology to the players or both I think that it is going to be more impactful um, initially to say it yourself, but I also acknowledge that I am somebody who can handle that conversation better than some people can. So I really think that it's dependent on the comfort levels of the various people involved. But if, if given the option and if they're comfortable with it, I think the person who made the mistake should acknowledge it first. I have a strong preference for if for the person who made the mistake being the one to connect with those players again. Um, you've already that person, whoever they are, has already established something of a relationship with the players, and it's it's their it's their mess up, right? And so I think, as speaking as somebody who's played at an event on occasion and had judges uh, interact with with me who've done things. Uh, or made mistakes i i feel so much better when it's that same person who's like i told you this or i said this or i did this and that was not correct and i am sorry uh whereas i'm not saying it's it's not i'm not saying it's a bad thing if if for example the head judge comes in and says it but for me it it feels better as a player if it's if i get to interact again with that person i can ask them questions or there can be a, a catharsis moment uh for the two for the for the two or three people involved where because i found in my experience players are very forgiving uh generally speaking believe it or not uh especially if you come into it with a sense of humility with a sense of purpose saying this is what i told you this is what happened and that was wrong and i am sorry and what what can we do to correct this uh it's sort of being the one to extend that olive branch uh, I think is better, but I'm not saying that it that has to be what happens because I think Brogan raises a very good point that the comfort level of the of the individual who would be making this apology, if they're not comfortable doing it, there's a possibility that it will not be delivered in a way to be received well by the players, and that could escalate a situation that we don't want to escalate. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think absolutely that the the apology needs to be given in 
way that the players will most be re uh, receptive to. If if the player very clearly doesn't want to hear from the judge that made the mistake, mm -hmm. then that's probably not the right person to be doing the apologizing. Right. Al although I also I also want to say that you know as the head judge for an event, you know you you own that event. Like whatever happens, you're responsible. You know <laughs> if it doesn't happen, you're responsible. Mm -hmm. So you need to. You're not the one that made the mistake, but you're the head judge. So you should also be involved, be making the apology, taking steps to make it better. I, I do see a lot of value in the floor judge who made the mistake apologizing both for the player and the floor judge that made the mistake, right? There's, there's, I think there's some value in going through that mm -hmm. uncomfortable experience. Like that's a, that's a growth thing. It also gives you the opportunity to sort of prove yourself to those players like, oh, I made a mistake, but I'm also acknowledging I messed up. Whereas if somebody, if, if you don't have to, if the head judge does it, then you end up, then those players look at you going, oh, they can't even solve their own problems. Yeah. And one of the things you're doing in that situation is you are demonstrating that judges are people that players can expect to have integrity and that is very important, uh, both because it's true and because it's a it's a perception thing that helps players trust judges. Yep. You've now made a mistake, and you've 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 talked to the players. You've you've talked to the head judge. The situation with the players, maybe they're not super thrilled with the result at the time, but you've you've done the necessary things to smooth the situation over, de-escalate, correct both players into what the correct ruling is. And now it's after. Like, the, the adrenaline spike has started to come down a little bit. Um, and you, you, I mean, you, you made a mistake, and it might have cost somebody the game. And, you know, and you had to tell people, and you had to tell the head judge, and had to get them involved. And, and now you you're embarrassed and ashamed, and... Yep, yep, and you, you feel bad. <laughs> Uh, you just feel awful. Um, that's pretty normal, right? I like, yeah, I think uh -huh. so. And I'd like, as we mentioned earlier, right? Like, we're not going to tell you not to have those feelings. Quite the contrary, in this case, like that's that's a real, natural, and and in a lot of ways, actually, believe it or not, good feeling to have, properly managed. Yeah, it's it's in how you channel that. Not no, you don't have to be a hundred percent perfect, a hundred like all the time. But how do you? This sounds hokey, but how do we learn from our mistakes? I did not so, realize there was quite so much typing in the stupid Skype chat during these. Brian, oh, it's just just a little bit, just a little bit. It's not <sighs> normally not that much. So, Brian's a bad welcome. person. Just Welcome a, to Judgecast. I'm, I'm an awful person. I'm, I may I may be informing the the cast of Judgecast that I snuck an Easter egg. You into... mean the Judge cast? Yes. Ah. I, I, I might dun, dun. I might have I might have snuck an Easter egg. Uh, if you know what it is or found it, uh, give us a tweet at Judgecast on on the Twitter on, on Twitter, the Twitter the Facebook. The yeah, not the Tumblr. 
Yeah, and not TikTok. We don't have that yet. Yeah, not not TikTok <laughs> and not a Quibi. Is that what? In what the... is that? I don't know, but I've been seeing ads for it on the TikTok. What in the bizarre thing? <laughs> You've been seeing it... ads for it on the TikTok. I've been seeing Quibi? ads for the Quibi on the TikTok. Quibi? Apparently, it's some. It's a unit of time. Isn't I that think the mayor it's... in The Simpsons? That's Quimby. <laughs> Close. No, enough. you're thinking of that chain that does sandwiches that they toast. That's Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this game. I love this like, game too. Let's yeah. not do more of no, it. What's that, that game they play in Harry Potter? That's Quidditch. Oh. It's like, no, what about that game where they just ask you a bunch of questions over and over again? Oh, that's a quiz show. That's, that's cribbage. Cribbage. <laughs> that's, that's cribbage. What about that leafy vegetable that uh, they make coleslaw out of? Cabbage? That's cabbage. Okay. My cabbages. All right. I don't. All right, y'all, we've made a mistake. How do we feel about it? We have, we have done a sine, a cosine, and now a tangent, and... I, I refuse <laughs> to acknowledge that that's a mistake. I think that's, that's podcast, podcast gold. All right. It's important to uh, have fun, but get, not getting back <laughs> on topic would be a mistake. Uh, so we're going to allow ourselves to feel bad about the... the well, I'm not going to feel that bad about it, but I would <laughs> no. allow it if it came. Except that that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. That and, is Okay. And we're we're making light right now, and and I want to be clear that we're having fun here, but it is important to acknowledge that we I have I've yet to meet a judge this doesn't apply to, uh, but that doesn't I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I think in general, um, we tend to pride ourselves on the quality of our performance, and mistakes tend to ride very firm at the forefront of our thoughts when they happen. Um, and it can be very easy to allow those to rule you. And I want to make light of that. Uh, so while we say, yes, uh, allowing allowing yourself to feel bad, because it's that's that's a natural reaction. You shouldn't be bottling up your feelings and becoming like the Incredible Hulk or something. Uh, that's fine. But you also need to put what happened into perspective. You have to contextualize it, make it part of, of the bigger picture of your performance for that event and and not let it inform your self-worth as a judge to the point where it is overly damaging to you if if i'm making any kind of sense here so, um, yeah don't don't let one don't let your whole judge career and this moment hinge mm -hmm. on this one mistake because in the grand right. scheme of things how how bad is it right and that's yeah. that and sometimes like improper dq Okay, yeah, that's that's really bad. You disqualify players that shouldn't have been disqualified. That's sure. That's really bad. Um, does it mean you should no longer be a judge? Well, are, are you gonna do it again? Probably not. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that's where that's where feeling bad actually kind of helps you make the course correction so that you you don't do it again. Right. You know? So while we're not we're not saying feel bad about it and make sure you feel shame, 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 but rather channel that emotion into something positive uh which is mm -hmm. you know if you can solve that trick for everything in life great you're a sage i'm going to learn at your at uh at your footstep but but for this i think a lot of these if you can get into the practice of dealing with mistakes in this way it will only help you turn that into something positive that you can learn from and grow from yeah yeah and you don't have to keep that bottled up you can talk it out with somebody that you trust uh where you can say like you can you can pull somebody aside after the event. Let's say it was a, a solo event that you worked on, and you just go and talk to somebody that you trust and say like, "Hey, this is this is a mistake that I made. 
uh, what do you, you know, I feel really bad. What should I do? You know, because since maybe you determined it after the event was over, so you, you didn't have the opportunity to talk to the players. I'm just kind of cutting off avenues to express it so that you're, you're, you're definitely having to talk, talk it out with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, if it was a rules thing, maybe, maybe find some help in that particular area. So one, one thing is if you have a really bad event, okay, and you, you whiff a few times, which is not uncommon. It's a, it's uh, a real... thing that, that can happen, especially when you sort of start to tilt off in a way. Like, oh, I made this mm. one mistake, and now I'm just going to make... Uh, it's not going to get any better, so I'm just going to... This is how it yep. is. And then you continue to make mistakes the rest of the day because you're not in a good mindset. Right. Re- realize that you're going to have to take some actions to earn some some trust back. Okay? Because those those mistakes do kind of eat away eat away at a little bit of uh, your credibility and we said that like hey doing the correct things owning the mistake helping helping to fix it can go a long way to rebuilding rebuilding that trust but if it's other people are discovering the mistake like it's not a mistake that you found and you brought to someone's attention like people are 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 discovering a mistake that you made then you didn't have an opportunity to go through that correction so you that couldn't rebuild the trust so you're going to have to figure out some other way to do it um, and maybe that involves talking to your team lead. Maybe that involves talking to the head judge. Um, maybe it involves talking to the TO if it was like a logistical yep. thing, something that they noticed. And that that also can be very helpful and cathartic uh, because it lets you engage with it. And it's it's like I, this analogy gets way overused, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's it's like ripping off a bandage. It'll feel really bad at first, mm-hmm. but it continues to feel bad. No, that analogy is terrible. Hold on. <laughs> Depending but then on it's the out bandage. in the air then it's out but in yeah, the air but then yeah then it gets to breathe or something the analogy goes <laughs> th- th- this metaphor is tortured and, and uh, not going anywhere but <laughs> what, what i mean to say is that we'll fix it in post you, yeah you do it you do it really fast you get it over with um and you'll find that it also that also helps you process things better because often again you'll um you know, they'll help you contextualize it, right? Because somebody who's who didn't make the mistake is far more likely to be objective about where that falls in the echelon of thing bad do. Uh, right. That... If if you go to them and they say and they say and you say I made all these mistakes and they go I I didn't that didn't even register for me. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Or or they right. go or you say oh I made all these mistakes and they go yeah I I know. Um, but here's how you handled it, and good job figuring it out. Or they go, right. yeah, okay, sh- show show me that that's not that's not gonna be the future. Talk to me about your plan. Or they go, I didn't know that that had happened, and now that I do, I get to do stuff about it. So thanks for having integrity, I guess, uh, which can again be a good thing. Um, but yeah, like it's it's important to have a plan as well to you know not not just earning back that trust with the people you want to work with and work for um but also for uh yourself and your own capabilities and part of that is in engaging with the people that that may have been affected by your mistake yep all right and so the the last thing this this is actually a little a little near and dear near and dear to my heart um <laughs> the the first PTQ that I had judged, this was years ago, probably nine years ago at this point. Um, 
I screwed up a lot. Um, and I wrote, at least for the judges in the region, a tournament report of like all my screw ups. And it was just like, I died, did awful. I did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And it, it was a little bit of a, of a, of a confessional and it was a little bit of, you know, learn from my mistakes. Don't do this. These are, these are things that I learned. And it was, it was almost like proof that I learned from those mistakes as well. So, you know, the, the last point is maybe, maybe included in a turner and a report so that you can serve as an example to others. So you well, can, you can help people learn from your own mistakes. Yeah. Right. We're a more positive spin of what I said. Right. <laughs> like, I forget the the exact saying, but there's there's a, a saying that goes something like, you know, a smart person can learn from their mistakes. A wise person learns from other people's mistakes. Yep. Um, and enabling your colleagues to become wiser is a net positive for everybody. The best tournament reports I have read by far are the ones where people are all like, I did this. Here's how you avoid doing this. My tournament was a huge disaster because I messed all these things up. Right. Because not only am I reading about things like maybe I didn't realize that was a way that you could mess this up, right? But I'm also seeing somebody sort of, it's not really in real time, but like when you're reading it, you're like, you see somebody going through the process that we're talking about here where they identify their mistake, they put, they figure out how to make that not happen again. And you get to like sort of engage with that process as a spectator. And that helps you adopt that process yourself and helps other people do that as well. So it's a way of mentoring people by doing nothing but failing. <laughs> Which is What a life. Yeah, right? It's it's like failing forward but aggressively. Proactively. <laughs> proactively failing Pro forward. Yeah. Proactively, there we go. But yeah, no, it's it, it it's a way to prepare people to not face the same doom you faced and even if even if it's something even if it's a it's not the sa same exact issue just walking through the thought process of here's what happened here are some things to take into consideration and here's what i plan to do in the future it can encourage people to think about things in a similar way in a in different circumstances yep. so, uh, so anybody make a mistake this episode i know i did uh certainly uh, there were cer uh, definitely a couple of times I thought I didn't think I was muted, but I was. <laughs> oh, um, I used guys when I should have used folks, and so I want to apologize to the listeners for that. Uh, I've been, I'm still trying to correct my language there because of habit, but it's a habit I'm trying to break out of. So I apologize to the listeners. I'm going to try to use the word folks for the plural of people. I think so. that is a useful acknowledgement, and I appreciate it. So. I, I've been wanting to talk about a, a mistake that I made tournament a while back. And because I, I think this is, it was a weird, it was a weird one. Okay. And I, I actually learned a lot by making this, this particular mistake. So I've used a few times in this episode, uh, the example of a card that said, you know, one damage to target player and had been eroded to one damage to target player or planeswalker. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about that because this, this was the situation that happened. A play a, a judge comes up to me and they're checking their phone and they're like, "Hey, I got an Oracle update on my app. 
do you know anything about that? And I'm like, yeah, they just did this big, huge change uh, where they changed everything from saying, you know, player to, to player planeswalker or any tar, you know, player planeswalker or any, something like that. And he was like, oh, and he checks and he's like, oh, I just made the wrong call. And he tells me that the, the player asked him about uh, Searing Blaze. And the text on Searing Blaze, Searing Blaze deals one damage target player and one damage target creature that player controls. So the question was, can it target Planeswalkers? And the answer was no. Okay, that's what the judge gave. The correct answer is yes, because of the errata. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I immediately went into, oh no, we got to fix this mode. Where's the match? How long ago was this? And he's like, it's right over there. So I walk over and I'm like, uh, you know, hey folks, uh, can I can I get you to hold up? I understand that there was just a call involving Searing Blaze. And the player who was on my side looks up to me and immediately goes, well, thanks for telling him what was in my hand. Oh, no. (laughs) It was a question away from the table. And I... Oh, this hurts me, but oh. I I do the the, the cartoon blink, blink. Yep. And... And this this was I'd been judging, you know, nine years at this point, and I was like, I didn't think to ask the question as to if that if it was away from the table. Like yep. it never it never even entered into my mind. So I just sauntered over there like, I know what the problem is. I, I know can how I'm fix, gonna fix this. this. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna stick my foot in a bee's oh. nest. <laughs> oh, that was like a double whammy situation where it was like, well, we got to apologize for the bad ruling. And then I got to apologize for this because that's, uh. Oh no. That's uh, that it's, that's that kind of mistake is so easy to make too. I, I feel your pain, Brian. I really do. Um, and that's just small assumptions. Yeah. That way. Yeah. That, that's the kind of thing that's, that nags at you for a long time. Just, Oh, it, mm-hmm. it, definitely it definitely got got to me and i did a whole lot of the the things where it's like well the judge that i was talking to didn't tell me that it was in a call away from the table you know trying to to validate all the reasons it happened right you went through all the stages of grief i i i didn't make that mistake because because i wasn't given all of the information you know well i i made an assumption and it bit me Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that that right there is you can you can still make stupid stupid easy mistakes at at events but just by just by making assumptions and and yeah i that one right there probably it even a while later it still feels kind of fresh because it's like oh i should have should have known that right because it it like it right it just feels feels so so obvious in retrospect right (laughs) yeah he just looks like thanks for telling me what's in my hand oh so how did you fix this brian uh, a lot of groveling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Legit. It was, you know, pulled the guy uh, aside, talked to him, made the apologies, tried to figure out how much had happened in the game. Uh, turns out it was it was too much to to rewind and not being able to hit the the planeswalker for damage had, you know, put him in a negative situation in the in the game that he wasn't probably going to be able to recover from, even though he still had the searing blaze in his hand, it was now too late. Ugh. So we ended up talking to the TO mm. and, and it was just, 
ultimately like two rounds later we were kind of joking about it but it it took him it took him took him some calm down time yeah i mean but then it, two rounds later you were joking about it yeah yeah in the in the kind of like nervous like ah sorry about the mistake he <laughs> kind of yeah. joking about it yeah 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 oh yeah boy i'll bet i'll bet you that player remembers that the entirety of that interaction but that's why, once again, it's good to go over there and make to deal with it, make the apology, etc. Because they're going to remember that part too, right? And that's very important for uh, for demonstrating to players what they should expect from judges, right? In mm -hmm. those situations, uh, because, setting a good example. Exactly, because if they think that a judge is going to go, eh, whatever, uh, guess that's your problem now, ha ha ha, they're they're not going to want to involve judges if they can help it in the future. And that's the opposite of what we want. Yep. Yep. All right. So that kind of sums up mistakes, making mistakes, what they look like, how to deal with them, how to handle them, what the policy says. When I make mistakes, I salt them heavily. <laughs> mm, salt. Salt. Salt's what you use to turn the flavor up, right? That's what that does. Yes, absolutely. You turn flavor Sorry, to I high. <laughs> yes it turns the flavor volume to on <laughs> um sorry i interrupted your legitimate serious thing you were talking about well, no i was i was just i was just looking to uh to see if we were you know we we talked about the various uh the various aspects of making a mistake i i feel like maybe there's one more mistake that we could talk about <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh. That segue oh. sucked. I don't want to oh. know but you, but that segue is the oh. worst. What? Oh, is it, is it bad? <laughs> oh. Is it bad? Should I cut it? No, no, no. No, no. I'm, no it's funny. I'm, I'm joshing oh, okay. you as part of the... I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm yes-anding you with a no but, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a yes-and Look, and I'm on a whole other level. This is like Inception. It. We're going to go layers deep. Get it? Layers? Uh, we're... You're here to talk about layers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm here to say that I, going forward, will not be here to talk about layers. What? Or what? other non-layers things. As a part of my starting this contract with Wizards of the Coast, I am also no longer going to be on JudgeCast. Hmm. Which is crazy. Like, I genuinely, looking at, when did I start doing JudgeCast? I, I, I had, t time means nothing. Here's a funny, funny thing. So, so Jacob is like some sort of harbinger uh, <laughs> because because his his first episode was episode one sixty six, where where he was the judge. He did the judge of the week interview. At the end of that episode, uh, C J Schrader announced that he was no longer going to be on JudgeCast. Uh, that was episode one sixty six. That was Jacob's first appearance. I am now, a JudgeCast assassin. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, so not saying that it's Jacob's fault, but it's totally Jacob's it's fault. Ba it's basically no. my fault. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to own it. I'm going to acknowledge it. Uh, I'm going to put it into perspective. Like I don't have yep. control over the decision. <laughs> I'm going to make a plan so the mistake won't happen again. I'm a permanent host. So now like I have to kick myself off, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, yep. You're next. We spent the whole episode talking it out. So, so episode, episode 166, CJ left and it was just, uh, Mr. Dunks and myself. And we had a few we had a few guests on, and we decided that we wanted there was this this project called the feedback loop, 
at the time, and we wanted to do a... Are you talking about the review review, Brian? Oh, Which is I a totally different re- thing. I am talking about the review review. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we we it was a it was a project where if i if i recall correctly it was a a facebook group where you could post a review and get feedback on the review that you were writing mm-hmm. and we have what we what we informally called hugsy episodes where we where we don't talk about rules we don't talk about policy you know we don't talk about tournament logistics we 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 talk about like soft soft topics kind of like this making mistakes and we were like Okay, well let's let's do one on reviews. Um, so let's have let's have Brogan on uh, just to talk about the topic. It wasn't any sort of interview for a replacement or anything like that. And after the episode, and Brogan Brogan left, signed off. Jess and I kind of sat there and talked to each other, and we were like, "She was really good." Uh, what do you What do you that 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 went really well? What do you What do you think about talking to her about? about offering her the, the the permanent host position and we we both were on board and i re- i remember talking to brogan on facebook and offering the the gig to her and brogan i don't know if you remember this but you were saying like well how regular is this going to be because i really don't want to sign up for something and have it be super intermittent i really work well with the schedule uh-huh. like, we got, <laughs> got schedule so uh, that was episode 169 that we had her on in March of 2017, so three years ago. What is time? That's yep. so absurd. Like, I've oh. been a listener of JudgeCast for quite a while now, and i learning this when uh, I was reading the show notes for the episode. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it had been that long either. So, so here's a wacky thing where you talk about mistakes. JudgeCast had its... 10 year anniversary in january and we missed it and we missed it but 10 years but anyway this is not about judge cast this is about brogan so brogan she came on for another episode episode 171 which was the amon kets release notes since we'd done a hugsy episode we wanted to do a rules-based episode and jess and i were were talking at the time and brogan really filled a, a a niche that we were lacking just did a lot of events i was in to like policy philosophy and we were both we were both uh decent with the rules but brogan brought a community interaction that we lacked so uh it was a really really good fit and with episode 172 she joined us permanently that was in may of 2017 and she has done counting this episode uh, a total of 75 episodes. You're going to make me cry. I Again, I, I respond I respond to, to any strong emotion with weeping. So it's not, I'm not well, she, sad. I'm just feeling sad. strong feelings. Uh, that's a mood, Brogan. Uh, I think that's <laughs> the, the way the, you say it, right? That is a mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a big, big mood. Substantial mood. <laughs> yeah. You, Sizable you, mood. You, You've you've added a lot to the show. You've given a lot of a, a lot of perspective that was different than any of the other hosts. You you brought a quirky, fun sense of humor, where you you have like that that young young humor, them young folks humor, but you're like hipster enough where you know some of the old stuff too. I'm glad that I can be the intersection of of your humor into <laughs> the youth humor. Yeah, you'd be both digital and analog. It's great. 
That's honestly, that's that's the I think what my people within like five my years people. on either side of my age have going for us. Yeah, we're Zennials, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So wish you the the best of luck at at Wizards. Hope we can still continue talking wrestling nonsense. Oh yes. Afterwards. I'm I'm very excited to watch Bizarro WrestleMania. Oh yeah, uh, WrestleMania yeah. where they're like filming one of the things in a graveyard. I guess is gonna be a thing. Um, is what? Yeah, there's a <laughs> hold on. H- Bro- Brogan's leaving and all, but let's talk about this graveyard wrestle thing. <laughs> what? AJ Styles versus Undertaker is gonna be a oh I forget what they called it match. Like they made uh, up a silly name on. for it. Uh, I've got it. In, uh, Brogan's gonna beat me to it. A boneyard match. A boneyard match. So speculation, Scuttlebutt, is it's going to be like a buried alive match. It's like a, a falls count only in specific coffins match. Oh, in specific. <laughs> uh, if you call it the boneyard, someone needs to get clubbed upside the head with a femur. I mean, clearly. Well, the Undertaker's involved, so. I don't know why AJ Styles is fighting the Undertaker, but whatever. Like, Brogan's Doesn't leaving matter. and it's sad. Uh, <laughs> I too cause... am sad that AJ Styles is fighting the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would be AJ Styles fight Kenny Omega. I need that in my life. Um, but no, thank you, like for for bringing me on the show for putting up with my nonsense as it pertains to not knowing when to stop talking. But I think that is all of us. Uh... <laughs> Mood. Uh huh. All right. Do you do you want me to to tell people about all the social media, or do you want to make sure you remember what they all are? I oh man, can you like write it down in the? <laughs> oh, is that going to be my job? Because that wasn't in the contract. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to be like, yeah. So that's the show. Don't forget to Twitter the Facebook and TikTok the Tumblers and You should. <sighs> You should have Lauren build build you a bumper. So she, she knows all the social media. All right. Well, we're on Facebook.com slash JudgeCast. At JudgeCast on Twitter. What was that very strange noise I just heard? It was an email I was getting on an email I'm not used to hearing. Well, that's in the show now. Um, well, I didn't hear it, but I heard all of your description. And I gotta say I'm enthralled. I'm not used to Microsoft Outlook. Anyway, uh, it, it made a beautiful noise. Uh, any hoozle, uh, Facebook, any hoozle. Twitter, uh, you can email Brian and Jacob and not me at <laughs> judgecast at gmail.com. If you want, uh, want to listen to this episode, any of the episodes I have been on, or any of the other episodes that are also cool, you can find our archives at judgecast.com. If you want to get a hold of me, I exist. I have a distinctive name, and I'm on a lot of social media. That all being said, I'm going to sign off tonight, tomorrow, not tomorrow, today, not on your drive oh. to work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you can't listen to this while you're driving to work. No, now you're making me sad. <laughs> not uh, on your drive to work. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, and I, uh, I am Brogan King, and I keep it fair. And I'm Jacob Belichich, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman, and I keep telling your opponent what cards are in your hand.
perfect. I didn't. I haven't learned a thing. Oh, it's very important that you not only acknowledge the mistake but repeat it as often as possible. Well, that's the only that's way the you can be mechanism. sure that it's a mistake, right? 